Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 98 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I speak to the lovely, the charming Laura Willoughby from Club Soda. We go across the pond over to London and chat with Laura all about her recovery journey and how Club Soda came to be. We also talk about the Mindful Drinking Festival that she puts on. This is a fantastic, ever-growing festival that happens every year. And this year, because of our circumstances, because of COVID, she is taking it online for the first time. And the lineup to this festival is absolutely incredible. You are not going to want to miss this. So let's get into it. Miss Laura, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Where are what you? What time is world? it there? What time is it there? It's, I'm in uh, London. It's 8.30 in the morning. Well, 8.40 oh, in well, the morning. It's, it's half past four in the afternoon or eight, uh, 4.42 here in the UK. And it's been a sunny day, which is awesome. Oh, lovely. It's a little overcast today, but it's actually kind of good because I need to stay inside and do some work. (laughs) So it's lovely. Um, I am so excited to talk to you. You are just a pioneer, a force to be reckoned with in in London and with uh, Club Soda and the Mindful Drinking Festival, which I absolutely want to get into and I want to know all about but first of all I really want to know your story and how you know your relationship with alcohol was before you started Club Soda and before you started the Mindful Drinking Festival can you bring us back to I guess pre pre pre-sobriety Laura yeah that's eight years ago and wow um and if you said to me then I'd be alcohol free for eight years I think I would have laughed at you so isn't it amazing how we can surprise ourselves so yes yeah it's eight years ago so um 
I guess my my history isn't much different to most people. Most people I know in the UK anyway, I know that culturally some of our drinking stuff is a bit different. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm, I'm of the age group where we started drinking quite early. Um, yeah. So I was somebody who started at 14. Okay. Drinking was in my small town that I came from. Mm-hmm. And also... Um, my dad was a big and heavy drinker. And in fact, that actually killed him early when he was about um, 56. So oh, wow. um, there's definitely a family history of overdoing it for many different reasons. Yeah. But I think um, I'm, we're probably the ladette generation that we're called in the UK, which is, you know, a generation of women who really wanted equality. And mm-hmm. one way that you could demonstrate equality was about ma- matching blokes pint for pint in the pub which I was absolutely superb at doing. So, um, and, it's that. My gen- and it's now my generation, you know, that cause I'm 46 now. Okay. I to realize that, you know, you can eat as much kale as you like, but you're really undoing all the hard work if you're still, you know, smashing back a bottle of wine in the evening. So mm. I think it's definitely, I feel that, that my generation of women are all beginning to focus around a particular point now around wanting to live longer and healthier lifestyles and really admitting to ourselves that alcohol isn't doing us much good right and I think like many people my age you know I you know I've got a politics background so I got elected to local government here in the UK when I was 23 oh wow all about you know evening meetings followed by drinks afterwards and some really cheap and dodgy red wine at civic occasions and all of that sort of stuff so I was always part of that 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 political drinking I mean everyone says that their industry drinks and it's probably true everyone every company and every type of business got a drinking culture I think everyone in the world can you can use that excuse yeah right like oh we're Australia yeah I think somehow we like to think we're in a special industry but actually generally absolutely generally if you're someone who likes to drink right you will find the ways the excuses and the people in your tribe who are going out and doing it and joining them and so for sure um, I was always the one who was able to stay in the pub late I I don't have children I don't have a traditional sort of lifestyle setup. So, mm-hmm. you know, London, you don't need to drive, which, you know, is bad news really, isn't it? So yeah. half cut and jump on a tube and I could still live the same lifestyle I was in my, you know, mid thirties as I was in my early twenties in London. Mm. So, um, so, you know, drink has always been a big feature of my life and a big part of my identity. And I cringe now to think about some of the embarrassing things I did in political circles fueled by alcohol. Oof. But to be fair, I wasn't the only one, right? So, you know, right. it's, a, it's a big drinking sort of um, uh, networking sort of thing. Laura, I have um, a question. Yeah. When you say like you weren't the only one, um, did you ever find that like because you were a woman, like any of these circumstances were used maybe against you, like your drinking or your behavior was used against you at all? Um, it's quite possible. I okay. think um, that maybe I'm, it, what it might do is put you in the less trusted space, not able mm. to get up early enough for meetings and stuff like that. And I guess there's a point where people begin to notice that you're going beyond the the evening and occasional drinking that everyone else does and it's going a bit further than that right I think politics can also um can be very accepting of big drinking cultures I think I'm actually very I mean I stood for parliament twice I'm really glad I didn't get elected because me in a subsidized bar 
um, I would have been one of those people, you know, who came out of my first year in politics with probably first year in parliament with a, a really serious problem. Right. And it's definitely a very chummy drinking space. Mm. And that, that could have been pretty um, awful for me, actually. So, yeah. Um, so actually, it, it, it's probably hidden because it's so part and parcel of the culture mm-hmm. um, in politics. Um, so, okay. yeah. So I'm not sure whether it was used against me, but most certainly it, I inhibited some of the, own op- the opportunities that I was given right. um, by not being able to fully participate. And I'm very lucky to have been able to have been engaged in so many high profile national things as I did, considering how embarrassed and shamed I feel about my behavior and my drinking if I look back on it now. Mm. Um, oh, wouldn't we all love to have hindsight? <laughs> and <laughs> we have lived our lives differently. Wouldn't that be a perfect life? Yeah. So, well, nothing's perfect. Everything works out for a reason, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, so cheesy to say, but it, it kind of does. Like, there's no really rejection. It's just kind of redirection. Yeah. You know, I, I think, like, you said it perfectly. Like, it would have probably been disastrous had you, you know, gone through with, with a political yeah, career or, or done. Yeah, in, uh, in British politics, I, I'm part of a third party that doesn't do quite as well. So hurrah for, okay. <laughs> hurrah for losing. Um, but I guess, I, but I guess um, it, it's that thing, which is when, when do you know if somebody's got a bigger problem and that it's affecting them in a way, yeah. if you've always seen them like that and they always manage to, to perform, you know, whose right is it to say that you've got more of a problem than they have? And if everybody's in the pub drinking, then everybody feels a bit duplicitous about calling somebody else out for drinking two pints more than them, you know? Right. It's, um, and, you know, as one of my best friends said after I gave up drinking, he said, it's no good. You know, I used to think I didn't have an issue because I, I would always drink the same amount as you. And now you don't drink at all. I'm now worried about my drinking. You know, mm. I always, I, my bar was always, as long as I didn't drink more than Laura, I'd be all right. So, oh, wow. Um, so, you know, but I think the issue is, is that if you're somebody for which drinking has been part of your identity and which has been a big part of your life, then when, when things come off the rails a bit, they can really come off the rails. And I think that's what happened to me. I ended up in a job that I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. that really, really damaged my self-esteem where nobody cared if I turned up, which I know sounds oh. ideal. Like I could, I really quite like that now, but, um, <laughs> but nobody cared if I turned up, which absolutely um, crippled me really. And, um, and I, and it, it really affected how I felt about myself and as a person, as somebody who, you know, probably has too much wants to be needed and wanted and uh, by others and is incredible. And I enjoy being collaborative. Yeah. So, um, to be in a situation where I wasn't being collaborative with anyone felt terrible. And so my drinking went up quite a lot during that time. I was able to find okay. friends who were available for boozy lunches. I was able to, you know, um, shrug off a hangover by staying in bed in the mornings. Um, I was able to hide an awful lot. And that's when I really began to frighten myself. Right. And it was frightening realizing that you'd just spent, you know, the whole of a weekend drunk. And although I didn't generally drink every day, because I was no good at drinking on a hangover, mm-hmm. those people who can do a hair of a dog and drink on a hangover, I, d- I don't get that at all. It's yeah. like so bad. And I just wanted to never drink again. Mm. And then the next day I'd feel okay and then start all over again. And so it became like extreme sport drinking to see how far I could go and get away with it before anybody said anything. And so, Mm. um, 
I, I got myself into a scary position and knowing that it killed my dad um, and that I was my father's daughter mm-hmm. and this, this could be the way I was going. And that, that's when it began to re- I began to really think about what I was going to do mm. um, and, and really not sure how to do it. Yeah. So, uh, so where'd you go from there? Like, how did you do it? How did you get out of this, you know, never ending habit or hamster wheel? Yeah, well, um, uh, I'm very good at making snap decisions. I'm an activator by, by nature, which is that, you know, um, if something needs to be solved, I need to take an action to do that. Okay. It's incredibly infuriating for people around <laughs> me. Um, sometimes they just want to tell me what's wrong because they need to tell you what's wrong. And yeah. I'm like, oh, something's wrong. Right, how do we go about fixing this? Oh, right. um, yeah. That's not what they want. They wanted to, to tell me and to be able to talk to somebody, not yes. to be fixed. Um, so uh, I actually made quite a big snap decision. I thought, I, I have to do something about this. There's never going to be a better time. I'm going to, I got um, a tax return, um, a tax rebate and thought, yeah. I know what, I'm going to book on a one-day workshop. Um, I'm going to do it. The only one I could see was two weeks before my birthday. And I thought, you know what? It doesn't really matter if it's, you know, in your head, you go through, well, I'll give up after my birthday and then I'll give yes. up after the party. And I, I thought, you know what? I can't wait. And it's then always, I went, it's so yeah. funny how we do that, right? Like we plan around like, okay, just one more thing. We'll, we'll just get over this one hurdle. It's like, yeah, it's like I'll breaking up with then someone. I'll- like, oh, shoot, I can't break up with them over Christmas. Oh, God, that, now it's yeah. their birthday. It's their mom's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put off the decisions for the future you all the time. Yes. And of course, that also means that, you know, um, so making that snap decision and putting some money um, mm. on the table and putting, you know, I'd had all the books that were available then, which were nowhere near as many as now. And they were generally, they, they were all on my bookshelf with no covers on them. So that okay. I thought I could then read them without um, embarrassment on the tube. I'd taken the covers off and they all had red wine stains on them where I had left them next to my bed and dropped wine on them. So, you know, all in all, not a good advert for reading my way out of this problem, right? Right. Um, oh God, I remember I had a copy of Smashed and it really was, it was covered in, in wine stains. It was like, an, it was just, ugh. oh my God. You know, anyway, so um, I, I decided that as somebody who, learns by talking and being in a room I decided to put myself in a room and give myself a day to to absolutely focus on it and the day I booked it I went and told some friends at a party yeah look of relief on their face was great and then really? proceeded to get, yeah they were like phew um I then proceeded to get completely pissed um and uh get off with somebody inappropriate at a party that's something that hasn't changed to be honest but anyway <laughs> that person um, when I woke up with him the next day, he said, wow, you're, you're a high functioning alcoholic. And I panicked, went, why did you say that? And they went, well, cause I am too. And we just both did the same thing and got completely wasted. Whoa. And they'd actually done the course that I had done. And, and no way. So this was like, do you know, like serendipity was like, whoa. Yes. And so actually we stayed together for quite a while and she gave up with me. Um, Mm. uh, um, when I went on the course, which is, you know, um, an important part of the story really, because by accident, I had put in place a number of things that, that are good behavior change techniques. I had booked a day, put a line in the sand. I had found a buddy to, to do it with me. I had, um, put some money down. So I'd put some skin in the game. I had told some friends who were willing to support me. 
all really good things. And the other awesome thing is, is a new relationship is, is a great way to change your environment quite dramatically because you end up spending time with someone and being excited by that rather than necessarily by the alcohol. So mm-hmm. all in all, it was actually quite a good way to go about it by accident, really. Yeah. Um, and I did this one day course and I was so angry about how shit that course was and how unethical that course was I've never oh. drunk again <laughs> Which is, that's that's basically I came out going I can't believe they take that much money off of people that there are dependent yeah. drinkers in the room and they've just told everybody to leave and never drink again and they offer no support I can't believe it yes rant 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 activator activator and I and that's actually the day that I started thinking about club soda um but it took wow but, you know, sometimes anger is a great motivator. Anger got me started. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling and, and leaning into anger sometimes. It's there for a reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it can get things motivated. Yeah, and, you know, I came out going, well, I'm not going to drink again, but it, it's, it's because, and, and actually it's true, it's, it's not, anything that they said on that day that mm-hmm. gave me the tools to change my drinking because that course was no way about, about that. Yeah. What actually helped me change my drinking was as I set a day, I put some time aside for myself to focus on it. I had made a commitment to myself. I had told other people. So actually the day itself was the, the least important thing. It actually gave me no skills um, or no resources, but it, apart from time mm. um, and a date that right. I could begin something. Um, and so, you know, it's, um, and I guess that's the most important thing. I stopped putting off the, the task to the future me and had taken action mm. to, in the here and now to do something about it. So, um, so yeah, so, and I began to feel good really quickly. Yeah. And I mean, when I say good, I still had the same sort of withdrawal symptoms that most of us have, which is I was quite tired a lot, which was great because I snoozed a lot. It's a wonderful reward. And I smashed sugar into my face like it was going out of fashion and Uh all of that sort of stuff. But basically, the... um, the the momentum that I, I gained from feeling quite good even just after three days. Yeah. The energy I felt was amazing. And that in itself became quite intoxicating for me. Yeah. Um, and at six months. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. 
My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Was sort of, uh, no, uh, wait a minute. Oh, three months was the most amazing part of it all, which um, I probably don't realize how much um, the three month mark was important for me and how I hadn't designed it that way. But basically, you know, I'm very committed to sharing with people how you, you're, you're trying to build the life that you want. And, you know, you shouldn't focus on, you know, why is it that you drink all the time instead go, who is it that I want to be? And where does alcohol fit into this picture? And again, in hindsight, I did that without really focusing on it or knowing I did it because three months was the Olympics in London. Mm-hmm. And I was um, a volunteer on the Olympics, but it's also something I did quite a lot of work on the bid for when I was in local government. Okay. And so I'm not sure about you, but the three month mark, my energy came back in, in like the, the snoozing stopped and the drinking water. And suddenly I felt this surge of energy yes. and I was in that Olympic park at 6am doing something that I was so absolutely determined to do. But in the back of my mind, I guess I'd always been frightened that I would never get into that Olympic park at 6am without a raging hangover. Yeah. And, and how would I ever do that? And so actually subconsciously, I think I was really focused on the fact that I wanted to be part of the Olympics and I was, and I tell you, I turned up to that Olympic park at 6am every morning, like I was a bloody athlete. Uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was driving the athletes around the park and I was like on top of my game and I was lovely to everybody and I was happy and I was energetic. It was like, wow, this is amazing. This is the life that I wanted. And, and I think deep down, I thought I would never, ever be able to do that. And I would end up calling in sick and, and backing off because mm-hmm. and already going for afternoon shifts because I wouldn't be able to make it. And, and actually, the reality was very different. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, I just love that. I love hearing this, the excitement in your voice and how you describe your three months. And I totally, totally get it. It's like, yeah. I, I feel the same way. I was always afraid. Like I could never depend on myself. I, That's I, right. And I just could couldn't. You, could, and I can't imagine the shame I would have felt actually if I was still yeah. drinking and not only turning up or not turning up to the Olympic Park because I was um, feeling hungover, but also meeting some of the world's top athletes like Roger Federer got his shorts off <gasps> in our office. Bit no. of a waste of time. It was full of lesbians, but anyway. Um, but but um, so I seem to be watching the lesbian section of, of the Olympic Park. Um, but um, but um, but could you imagine how how awful you must feel if if I'd been in that Olympic Park and not only feeling dreadful, but against some stood near some of the world's greatest athletes and looking like a bag of shit, basically. Yes. Would have been awful. Totally. I would have died. Yes. 
And all you could think about is how shitty you feel or thinking yeah. about like some, something to soak up all the alcohol. Like you're just so consumed. I don't think yeah. people and, even and realize I it. I've never been, I, I mean, I, I drove the Williams sisters around the Olympic park. I mean, no way. How, you know, I would have just felt like, um, they weren't as cute as the amazing boxers because boxing is still amateur in the Olympics and they were like so excited by the free food and <laughs> but just, just amazing things next people would work really hard to be at the peak of their performance yeah. if I'd been sat there um, hung over and overweight with a puffy face which yes. is you know um, my face um, really showed my change in drinking really quickly because it, it just all this inflammation went from my face within like two weeks so yeah um, so um, you know not everybody's going to have an Olympics at their three months mark unless you know you now live in Singapore or something so <laughs> but um, but what it does show me is that you know there there's a life that you want to lead mm-hmm. and and ever since giving up drinking there has been nothing stopping me living the life I lead because I'm no longer drinking alcohol, which is the one thing that stopped me from doing the things that I wanted. If I look back at all the the opportunities I missed and the time with people that I missed and the things that I canceled and all of that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. it was only alcohol at the back of that. There was nothing else stopping me. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Oh, girl, I feel you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it is such but a great, you know, thank you for sharing that. Like that is just so, I think sometimes I forget even, if, you know, after like years uh, of being like sober and alcohol free, I think you forget how just um, deflating alcohol is when really it's like promising all these wild things in your life and all these like things that you dream of it's actually yeah, do you, hindering do you, do you still have drinking dreams I uh, maybe like once every six months but not regularly do you yeah uh, I I have occasional drinking dreams but I now have drinking dreams that I'm getting club soda members drunk like oh. I'm a bad influence in my sleep <laughs> 
Oh, and, no. and for me, and for me, that's fascinating because I would say it was about three years before all of those emotional links with alcohol disappeared that I could mm-hmm. get angry about something or sad about something. And that little um, voice of alcohol never crept in. Yeah. For me, that was so it shows how long it can take for your brain to begin to rewire itself. But I Absolutely. guess it's probably because I work in this space all the time that I still think about alcohol and alcohol, you know, that, that distinction between being alcohol-free and not alcohol-free. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be just, this would be my new normal. But, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that I have those dreams that I'm getting other people drunk, I'm just, you know, so mischievous in my dreams. <laughs> You little bugger. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's so funny. Luckily, you wake up and it's all okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what happened? Which is a great relief. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so I want to talk about, I want to talk about club soda and how that yeah. came to be. Um, it came to be uh, literally on the day that I decided to give up drinking when I felt, how is it that you can go into, um, a news agents and you can pick up a magazine about dieting, but you can't pick up a magazine about changing drinking. Mm. And in fact, if you pick up a dieting magazine, they still tell you how many, how many calories your wine is, not that how about not drinking the wine. Right. Um, yeah. And then you're just going to get away with it. Yeah. And how is it you can join a club like Weight Watchers or Slimming World, but there isn't one for changing drinking mm. because I, AA was never going to be for me um, uh, okay. because of its both its religious connotations, but also it just didn't speak to me as a concept. But I, but also in the UK we have free drug and alcohol services provided by local government, and I knew oh. where they were. You know, I used to fund them through um, local government, so I knew where they were. But again. I didn't feel they were for me. They were for people whose lives had got totally chaotic, who were yeah. available during the day to go and see somebody face to face. When, of course, most of us are still working, picking up kids from the school run, all of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and, and functioning. And I mean, in Britain, I, mean, I would have been in that category of, you know, um, drinking in the upper quartile and drinking alcohol to cope, to cope with stress, to cope with a boring job, to cope with terrible relationships, to, to, to cope with emotions. Mm-hmm. But we're not, um, we're not using the services that are available locally. Okay. Because they don't seem to, to do it for us. And I, so I thought, well, why is it that we, that, you know, most of us are capable of getting on and doing something about our drinking but we lack the, the basic first stepping stones in order to make that happen and to give us the tools to become, um, to, to do a self-guided journey, really. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the idea came from. And it took a few years. I actually applied for a business program and a small business loan to start here in the UK. And that's what happened. We went on to a, a tech for good accelerator program and, and got a small business loan from the government oh, in wow. order to really begin to look at what to, to build as a, as a concept Right. And I mean, whilst things have changed a bit for us in terms of, of some of the things that we do, yeah. we are still a, a social impact business. So our aim is to, to do more than just help people change their drinking, but to look at some of the levers of system change that need to happen, like how, what our pubs and bars stock yeah. and stuff like that. But ultimately, um, our, our goal is about helping people change their drinking, whatever their goal is, whether it's to cut down, stop for a bit or quit. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm not very good at telling people what they should do, but I'm very keen to give people the tools so that they can make their own decision and explore in their own way. Mm-hmm. And, and also because I never wanted club soda to only be about alcohol free because I, um, 
I probably told myself I was going to cut down probably a hundred times. And if I'd created a space where anyone who had decided that they were going to go alcohol free and then they, they, that didn't work after a few weeks, they feel they had to leave. It didn't feel like it would be the right place. You know, I I wanted to keep people close to help them through what is a very non-linear journey rather than to feel that because they haven't got one particular identity or another, they would have to leave. Yes. Yeah, um, they'd so be like should, ousted. Yeah, and that does yeah. happen. And I want to be there for and for people who, wherever they are in the ju- their journey. Yeah, and also because you know, um, uh, I, there's more in common. I mean, I know that there's off there can there's definitely often fights in club soda between people who are trying to moderate and people who are alcohol free. Mm. My view is is that there isn't only one way. Um, there's the right way for you, but there isn't only um, one way. Yeah. And also, um, people have many ways to describe themselves. And just because one identity works for you, that might not work for somebody else. So I know people who are alcohol-free who would never use those words. Some people love to use the words alcoholic, which is another particular identity. Some yeah. people like mindful drinking, and some people just like to say, I don't drink anymore. And it's and people have to really embrace identity that works for them. And if we get too hard line about it, then um, people feel excluded rather than included. And like I said, nearly all the behavior change techniques are the same, even if you're looking to moderate. It's yeah. just a few things that are slightly different if you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so, that's, that, so it was designed to be an inclusive community and support people to change. And I still have high ambitions about, what it is that we want to do. But in the meantime, we've also been organizing mindful drinking festivals and we have a drink and venue guide and we spend a lot of time talking to pubs and bars and restaurants in the hospitality sector about how they can do more to serve their non-drinking customer. So, Oh, so you're the one who is changing and implementing all these amazing products in bars in the UK because, you know, so many people have told me, um, that just the, the alcohol free scene in the UK is astounding. It's, it's I just know. so ahead of everyone else. You guys are just paving the way and it's I so think cool. It's, I think it's bonkers that we're leading the way on the health trend and states isn't yeah, right? about drinking, <laughs> which we're really good at doing. We're yeah. like, it's like we, we come from a really low base and therefore it's really more noticeable that we're not drinking anymore. I think that's basically what's happened. Um, uh, so, uh, so yes, the UK is the leading market for low and no drinks. Yeah. And we were, we, we, I mean, there's a, there's some fortunate timing here, right? Which is after we first started, we got a small grant from a local council Mm-hmm. to do some research um, based on behavior change theory on, um, and we wanted to research how we could change the behavior of venues towards their customers mm-hmm. rather than assuming that customers should behave, change their behavior when they're in a venue. When right. if a venue doesn't have good drinks, why would you not drink alcohol, right? Right. And so we did this piece of research. It's only a small piece of research called Nudging Pubs. Okay. And looked at how we might change it and um and then we did um a first version of a pub guide based in this council in Hackney and City which between them have probably got more pubs than the rest of England within a very small geography and we um we we set up a prototype pub guide in order the pub guide was to yeah, let consumers know that where they could get good low and no drinks, but it, it automatically scores venues out of five for how good they are for mindfulness. And it's designed to get them feeling competitive about who's best. 
And so that's where the guide came from. Right. And it's been um, more influential than I can say. And we are now like, I can't, the, the big trade magazine for the UK called Imbibe, we were in the magazine four times this month. I mean, it's almost impressive. Wow. But, you know, the fact that, that they're talking about low and no and our free course for people in the hospitality sector and they've suddenly done low and no awards, which we were judges on, it, it, it's such a shift in such a short amount of time. Yeah. You can do it too. That's what's going to be great. It's yeah. all possible. Isn't it like, and it's funny, like you just said, in such a short amount of time, all these brands popping up um, that are like substitutes or alternatives to alcohol, like really cool spirits like gin or um, tequilas and stuff like that, that are actually being brought out by, um, I don't know if you're you're probably familiar with Diageo, which is like a huge. um, uh, Yeah, but they started, but they're now behind the curve. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. interesting how this space is shifting. So all the big brands have got something in their stable now. So Diageo brought Seedlip and then you've got um, Perlo Ricard with Cedars and Liars has come out, which right. is from Australia. But beer is still, I guess, the hero in this category because yes. there was always alcohol-free beer and there was always low alcohol beer. And the technology's changed such that, you know, it's actually quite hard to tell some of the alcohol-free from the alcoholic beers now. Yeah. Um, and there are some really good craft beers as well as mainstream lagers. And I, I was never a beer drinker when I drank. I'd have drunk everything else, but, but mm-hmm. um, I now drink beer because next to water, it's the healthiest, alcohol-free beer, obviously, but yeah. next to water, it's the healthiest thing you can drink in the pub. It's got yeah. three ingredients, no sugar, 50 calories a bowl or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a bit of a no-brainer. <laughs> so, absolutely yeah. yeah and they taste fantastic I actually like I mean I let's be honest I drank everything <laughs> but I actually really enjoy non-alcoholic beer now because it's just it just feels lighter like it's not and it's sippable right yeah, you don't yeah. drink it like a soda it's yes. a slow drink um, yes absolutely but also um, um it's not the same in the states yet but you can get kombucha in pubs and bars here mm-hmm. oh you can you get can kombucha even- on tap yeah and you get kombucha on tap and there's a very much a distinction between you know the health food kombuchas have got fruit in them and stuff like that but the kombuchas for the evening market here yeah (coughs) are now coming in wine bottles and they're served um by michelin starred restaurants as the as the wine occasion product interesting Um, and so you know um when we did the the judging for the wine occasion category for the low and no awards it was nearly all kombuchas um, they don't oh. consider themselves kombucha. They consider themselves in the that wine moment, that with meals, and you know, and mm. so it's really p- spinning what drinks are on their head, yeah. Because there are different products filling particular needs and occasions, and I right. guess that's what we all need to think about. Which is, what's the occasion I would like something mm-hmm. that isn't, you know, just for refreshment? Um, right. Do I need? you know, do I want something that goes pairs well with my food or do I want something that just signals it's six o'clock and I finish work and I want to give myself something that, that, that means I can kick off my shoes and watch a bit of telly before I do something else this evening. Yeah. A and treat, a reward. Suddenly there are options. Hurrah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Options, non-alcohol options make my sober world go round. I love it. What's your favorite thing? <laughs> at the moment um I am always a a kombucha girl like through and through um 
I really, really am enjoying this non-alcoholic gin. Um, we have one in Canada called Sobri. Yeah, they're going to be at the, they're, they're at the festival. They're going to be on a tasting, I believe. Yeah, I think. Um, but you know, the guy who made Sobri came to our festival in January last year. Yes, actually, we talked about you. Oh, yes. And he, he was just (laughs) praising you and how amazing you are and just like loved everything you stood for and your mission. And yeah, we actually had a conversation about you. (laughs) Always scary, but yeah, but it's great because it means that, you know, there are local alcohol free products popping up from people that you want to buy from, you know, you're going to spend your money spending it with people who get who you are and, and what you're doing and Mm -hmm. have provided you something that's really lovely and, you know, Bob and, Celebr- so what is it? Celebri. Sobri. Sobri, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, you know, he's worked really hard on it. So he that's has. awesome. He has, but also, you know, he really talked about you and how influential you were in his, his quest and his journey in making this product. Um, that was really apparent, you know, coming to your festival and, and seeing all these different options and I guess, I guess speaking with you and, and seeing you put all this together, he's like, this is what I want to be a part of. It was really, really important cool. and influential to him. Yeah. And now so, we're moving online. So yeah. be part of it. Exactly. So, yeah. so tell me how that's going to look when we're moving it online. What is the mindful drinking festival going to entail? I don't know. In my head at the moment, it's going to be a complete mess because I've squeezed too much into the agenda and it's going to be terrible and no one's going to come. That's how I felt on the first festival, right? I managed to scrape together 20 brands in 2017 into a that was off of that was not had natural footfall and I thought no one was going to come yeah and um and actually it was packed and rammed and it went mental um so I'm really hoping that will happen here Mm -hmm. but we've got four days of I mean the thing that is always great about the festival for me is that um the uh, people get to try drinks and they get to meet the people who made them Mm-hmm. And of course, you can never really do that online, right? So yeah, it's a little hard to pass a drink through a screen. Yeah, so we're, trying to, we're trying to do our best. So we've got some drink stands of different brands who've put special offers together. Mm-hmm. They put videos or, or meet the makers. Um, the lovely guys from Square Root Soda, who are very UK based because their sodas are fresh. They're going to do an interview with the guy who grows their lemons. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, that's um, really cute. And um, so we've done our best to give people the opportunity to meet the makers <coughs> and get some discounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be um, lots of talks about drinks and drink demonstrations and cocktail demonstrations. It's the best we can do, but we will point you to places where you can buy drinks as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can try them for yourself. And then we've got just tons of talks, lots of panels, everything yeah. from, in conversations with Spencer Matthews and Ruby Warrington and some pop stars here in the UK and people like Wes Gear and then panels on everything from how to get started to um, sex and intimacy and how to socialize sober. Mm-hmm. We've got um, people on panels and talks from um, New Zealand, Australia, America, Canada, 
um, all of the UK and Ireland as well, and hopefully some Germans and a few other people who are beginning to do stuff across mainland Europe. So yeah. it will feel very international. Wow. Um, yes. We'll see. I want people to come and look at the agenda and see what they're like and come and watch things or watch them afterwards. And they'll be streamed live on our YouTube and our Facebook page. Okay. But yeah, it's um it's an amazing opportunity to hear from what is an amazing group of of people all doing all sorts of work in this space. Yeah. And then where can people sign up for this or like log in how does it work mindfordrinkingfestival.com Mm -hmm. you can see the whole of the agenda you can meet some drinks brands and you can then decide what you're going to watch and all the links are there so you can just click on youtube or facebook links and and be able to watch live at the right time or go and have a look back at the videos from previous sessions perfect that's amazing oh it's gonna be so exciting and this is huge this is, I, I, mean, I don't know why I, I have spent the last few days going, why did I do this? It'd just be easier to drink and sit in a corner and cry than um, spend ages changing photos because I've got them wrong, which is generally what happens. My, my accuracy hasn't got any better with changing my drinking, I have to say. <laughs> I think that's completely natural, like just going through these emotions with any events, right? Like I... I don't know. I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, I don't even think people listen to me still, but I mean, you know, I'll get the odd message and people are like, Oh, I really like this. I'm like, Oh, what? This thing's on. People are listening. Cool. All yeah, right. I know, I know. <laughs> and, and they, those always come in on the days when you're feeling the lowest or that yeah. you think, why, why have I done this? You know, I like um, the festivals that we do. Uh, because we make them free entry they're not about making money they're about opening up the space and making things possible so we're always doing them on a shoestring so we're actually very grateful for all the speakers like you who've gone yeah we're just gonna muck in and we're gonna help out well we'll publicize it and we'll speak and let's just see where this goes which I'm really pleased about yeah I mean that's what I think this whole community is all about I mean that's what it is for me um, is, is sharing and, and getting everyone on board and, and educating, right? And giving yeah. new alternatives, new points of view. This is, this is a whole reason to help people. I think that's what really helps people. Like you said, it's really kind of shitty to tell people what to do, but providing the options. Yeah, and sharing the stories and sharing yeah. and just, you know, there's something that's very scientifically boring called active role modeling. Mm. Uh, which is behavior change technique which is that you see other people doing the behavior that you want in this case it's not doing a behavior isn't it which is you're not drinking but that you're leading a happy and fulfilled life um and that you don't need alcohol in it anymore and it's really important that people see Mm -hmm. that the things that they may be frightened about like going out dancing or socializing or you know deep dealing with work or stress that they, they are things that can be dealt with without alcohol and it is all possible and the sky won't fall in and it won't be all terrible there yes. are some amazing things that you uh, you it's amazing assets that you will gain and you know uh, along with your health and uh, your probably your pocket feeling a lot better for it absolutely there is there's everything to gain everything yeah you know and it's I know that everybody wants everything to always happen at once so everyone goes right I'm going to give up drinking and and become a size 10 or whatever it is in America size 8 or 6 or something um and 
I four. I don't even know what four. that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's quite a scary size. I'm glad we don't have them there. Uh, size four and I'm come fit and everything. And then it all hasn't happened within the first six months. People feel very despondent. Yeah. And all I would say is, is I've probably only got fit in the last two years. So it, it took a good six years before that bit fell into place. But still, none of it would be possible if I hadn't have given up drinking. Everything I do now is only possible because I've given up drinking. Mm. So it's, it's, it keeps on giving. And I think that's really important. Yeah, that's true. That's, thank you so much for saying that. It's so true. Laura, where can we find you like on Instagram and, and, and stuff like that on the world wide web? I feel, now I feel like it's the trick questions. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> where are they? Right. Uh, Let's get real. <laughs> oh my God. Um, the festivals on mindfuldrinkingfestival.com and then join club, uh, club soda is on joinclubsoda.com and mm-hmm. then we're at join club soda on social media handles. Great. And now I'm going to go and have to have a look at Instagram. I don't spend anywhere near as much time on it as I should do. <laughs> oh my gosh. But people should be, uh, people should be going to the mindful drinking festival. That's, that's yeah, where you're going to get along. really and, cool stuff. Absolutely. And I, I, I want people to come. You need an audience. <laughs> yeah. Everyone does. <laughs> Indeed. Or catch the replay. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your experiences with us. I really, really appreciate it. It was yeah, really great to talk to you. It's been lovely speaking to you. How fantastic is Laura? Now, don't forget to check out the Mindful Drinking Festival online at mindfuldrinkingfestival.com. Yours truly, that's right, your sober girl will be on there at 1230 Pacific Standard Time on Saturday, and I will be talking about all things social. So discussing how to socialize whilst sober. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Please make sure to rate, follow, subscribe to the podcast and leave us your feedback. We love to hear your comments. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girl's Guide and the blog. Oh, don't forget about the blog, baby. We got your how-tos, tips and tricks, and all that good stuff. And last but not least, you have asked for it, and we are delivering the brand new Sober Swag. Our Sober Girl store is now open. Head to asobergirlsguide.com and grab yourself some Sober Swag. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.